back, everybody, to the After Hours podcast. Uh, Scoots is going to be out for the week. He's kind of swamped with a bunch of work and stuff, so we brought on uh, Comp. This is going to be a very Rocket League-heavy episode, so we thought we'd bring you on as a special guest. So uh, let's get right into it. Welcome, Comp. Like, for people who don't know, who are you? Well, well, thanks for having me. Well, I'm Comp. I've been playing Rocket League since 2015. I'm currently a content creator for Parabellum. I most people will know me from Collegiate Rocket League. I compete for St. Clair in Windsor, Ontario, and we actually play top four at the Worlds events, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm big into Rocket League. Um, just came back from the World Championship, actually, so that's gonna be that's gonna be sick to talk about later. Um, and I am also kind of leaning on to coaching a bit. I do a little bit of coaching on the side. Um, as well as contenting, playing. So I do a little bit of everything. Well, I guess one quick question I have, how is the, the Commonwealth Games? Explain how that went. Explain what it is, what you did. Um, so the Commonwealth Games is basically the Royal Family Olympics. So any country that was part of the Royal Family got to compete. So Canada is part of that. So we actually got to go compete. It was me, Jay, and Spoots. We got to compete as Team Canada. Um, it was a really cool experience overall, like being able to go to Europe for free and seeing everything. Like I've never been across the ocean before, so it was really cool seeing all the, like, it's so old there. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I was missing North America, not going to lie. But um, I think I think it could, like, there is some things that could have happened and be, be ran better there. Like, the way they seeded it, they put the top three teams in one group. So... Unfortunately, that didn't get us out of groups, and we did not get to play on the insane stage that was there. But, yeah, Wales ended up taking England 3-0 in the grand finals, and we were 3-1 against, like, we lost 3-1 against Wales. So, I mean, it was super sick, and um, I would love to do it for the next one. How often do they hold that? Is it, like, the Olympics every four years? or? Yeah, every four years. So gotcha. it's going to be in 20. 26 in australia actually so comps can be coming in on a walker in 2026 <laughs> <laughs> onto the stage yeah just, just... walk it out there <laughs> so i mean kind of just before we get into the world's event i mean jake any pb updates you've heard of i know it's been like two weeks since we did an episode i've been on vacation the past two weeks yeah um, i mean i know we're we're gearing up for stage three for r6 all right, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out before we started to, I know this was like a week or so ago, but Eric Hogg winning his uh, Pro-Am event, his endurance event. Uh, saw that oh, Eric? Saw that live. That was pretty sick. Uh, man drives the shit out of those cars. That well, Any car that he gets into, drives the shit out of. So, um, And then the other thing, I believe this was last week, just before we left out for RLCS, uh, the... Parabellum women's R6 team uh, got out of their group and then came third, fourth in stage five of the Circuito Femenino. So beating some teams, uh, beating some pretty good teams. I believe they beat Ince Academy, and I don't believe they were able to beat Black Dragons. I forget all who they played, but they played against some pretty good teams. So to be able to make it out of their group was pretty sick. And then I believe they fell against four dreams who ended up going they're going to be going to the finals and stuff so that's pretty sick uh cool. so let's go ahead and uh get into the podcast like it's going to be a pretty heavy rocket league episode it's all rocket league i don't that's all it is that's why you're here comp 
That's why you're here, Jake. Well, yeah. I'm here every episode. <laughs> yeah, but you don't really show up. I was gonna okay. say. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, kind of break down the event. Comp. First, LAN. What'd you think? First RLCS world you've ever been to. What'd you think? Bro, it was actually insane. It lived up to the hype. To be honest, I wish there was more best of sevens. I was, I don't care which team won. I was praying for those best of sevens. But overall, the way the LAN was ran, both venues that I went to, the group stage compared to the main event one, was incredible. Psionics and Epic Games did a really good job putting this together. Um, it's kind of upsetting that G2 did not win. But, but, it's RLCS, so we got to come together and be proud of where we've made it, so. Yeah. Uh, Jake, want, I know you watched the event almost all weekend. What did you, you think stream-wise? Like, did you think that was a pretty good event? Yeah, lived I up, mean, they were doing the numbers. Hype. Yeah, they were doing numbers. I like the way that they, like, they had the stream set up so that it, was, it looked like a traditional sporting event. Like, I, obviously, I can't speak for what was on, like, the big screen at all times in between games. But, like, you know, they were running ads like it was a legitimate, like, timeout or something like that. Uh, the way that they had those, like, old sports. Like, I think it was Comp's dad that replied to me on Twitter after I tweeted. I love how they're doing these, like, old sports-centered style uh, commercials. Uh, I thought that was really cool. They finished the the Rizzo uh, trilogy videos of his his retirement. Uh, and then obviously the games were all great. Uh, I was really pushing for Furia. I love the storyline that they had. Uh, yeah, I mean, just even being a viewer remotely, it was a super fun event to watch. I think that was, I think I liked this season so much better than RLCSX because all the games had meaning. You know, obviously it's different because one was in the middle of a lockdown and one was able to have fans. But even, like, the Sweden Major where you couldn't have any fans, like, every single match on streams meant everything. So it's, I think, RLCSX kind of got caught into the cycle of, oh, these games aren't going to mean much. Yeah, you're playing for points, but you're kind of just playing for your region. It was just one big league play event all year. Um, but being able to see the event for this, this would be my second RLCS Worlds. And the first one was in Washington, D.C. And the venue was a little bit bigger than where you were at, Comp, for group stage. So to kind of see it come from there for Worlds to Dickey's Arena, selling it out. That place was loud. That place was amazing. Um kind of wish the crowd got a little bit more into it but that's just kind of like the north american we're gonna watch the game you know we don't spend the whole time you know screaming chanting i i i like eu crowds but i think that's the north american culture thing of you know we're gonna watch the match and cheer when something happens um but overall i thought it was a really fun event um i don't think they anticipated how many people were going to be walking how many booths that was one thing that you probably didn't see Jake, but a lot of the booths kind of stopped up traffic a little bit. Um, you know, if there was less booths or they were like more spaced out, I think it would have been different. But there was a lot of stopping because everyone had a booth and everyone had something to stop people for. 
and then after NRG lost, it stopped the whole fucking arena Sunday. It was terrible. It, like literally the whole arena, you could you only had to you could only go around the inner bowl when NRG was doing their meet and greet. So, but yeah, overall it was fun. I mean, minus Moist Furia because we already know that's going to be the best match overlooking the event. What was your guys' favorite match from wild card group stage, you know, main event? What was your favorite match? Main event. I'll let you go first and then. Huh. I'm trying. I'm trying to think here because there there's so many incredible matches, right? Um. All right. Well, then I, I can I can take over while you think. Yeah. Furia versus the club, the South American showdown for top eight. That was good. Uh, yeah, that one went to a game seven. Uh, I mean, I was telling people before the event, the club was a team that you need to watch. Like they only made it in because Furia did so well at the spring major, but. I mean, they're a disgusting team. And to be going up against another South American team to make history being the first SAM team to make top eight at an event, there's a lot at stake, but they're all homies. Like, they're all going to support each other no matter what happened in that game. And for it to be a game seven and have that much, like, electricity and hype around it, it was super cool to, cool to watch. A big fan of that. Well, running into the a couple of the players, a lot of people were saying lost is the underrated player at the event very mechanical very smart uh i think the club's going to be a really good team next year i think they're gonna give Fury a run for their money 100 percent, yeah um i think my best like best matchup other than moist fair yeah because no- nothing's gonna top that yeah. it's the best match of the year honestly um but i would say phase versus v1 as much as I wanted V1 to win, that going to Game Seven and like how intense it was, being a one-goal game and everything, yep. was crazy. Like, like I personally, I, I watched it from home because we kind of went to the later matches because we were we all like kind of partied the night before and everything. Um, but see, seeing that like on TV and seeing how close it was, you could even hear the crowd through, through like the TV, the mics and everything. It was insane. Um, again, I wish V1 would have took it, but it was still an incredible series overall. I can't believe you guys missed that match, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I I just was like, I have I have some funny stories about that night, um, and then that morning, uh, interesting conversation with the Lyft driver while we were on our way to that event. <laughs> um, but no, I think probably one of my favorites was probably the the space station v1 match um the fact that v1 took that was kind of crazy considering that I didn't get a chance to watch the wild but v1 beat them in wildcard didn't they I uh, or I think so yeah v1 yeah. I think v1 for v1 v1 beat and then it was it was interesting to to see Reddle's dad kind of hop around all over like he was he's the biggest hype man of his child i think by all the all the parents that had their kids there at the event he was the biggest hype man by far and then i can't imagine the rush of being a 15 year old prodigy and having 14,000 people scream your name um i know at 15 i wouldn't be able to handle that i would have the biggest head in the arena and wouldn't be able to walk out but i mean daniel held his cool and and played pretty solid and uh 
it was also, you know, it sucks they lost, but I like seeing V1 kind of come in. They're, they're a good team, but they technically kind of came in out of nowhere because a lot of times they get shut out, toward, especially towards the beginning of the yeah. year. They kind of got I, shut out of the conversation. I think it was Arsenal that tweeted this. Uh, it was after they lost, and they were like, he said, you know, and to think that Beast Mode was about to retire from Rocket League before signing with V1 because yeah. he was contemplating leaving Rocket League. Like, he took a little break, and then boom. Is He's better. very young, isn't he? Yeah. Well, so what happened? The story with Beast Mode, it was on uh, Shopify Rebellion um, with Rapid in Memory. But there was a lot of things behind the scenes that was going on. So the way to get out of his contract... Yeah, I have he heard the rumors about, tweeting, about that. He was, he, was, uh, he was tweeting and put out a tweet longer saying he was about to quit for like basketball or something. But he was just getting out of his contract because yeah. there's stuff going on with that. And then the prodigy rose to V1... Dude. Beast mode to V1 was the best roster move of RLCS season 11. Best move it, out there. Yeah. It literally and, V1 boosted numbers to a top three NA team, top four NA team, and that SSG series. A beast mode scored every single goal but one. Yep. Beast mode is just the best player. I think one of the best players currently. In Rocket League. I think they were saying that at the end of... Yeah, he was like 10 for 11 goals. And he was the missing piece. Because Torment... I mean, Torment's good. He's consistently good. But it's that boring kind of good. Of like, he's not going to overcommit. G, it's that G2 BDS type <laughs> Yeah, <of good>. exactly. <laughs> it's just, He's yeah. not going to overcommit. He's not going to uh, starve himself a boost. He's going to make the right decision almost every single time. And... With a player like that, you need the guy who is going to monkey the shit out of you off the wall, jump at you from the ceiling. You got to have that pressure. Whereas, like, Beast Mode and Calm are going to do that. Torment's going to make sure everyone's rotations are clean. I mean, and then Calm's going to get in your head and shit talk you from across the the venue. But, I mean, well, it's I, just... I think what even made that, like, how Comp was saying that was the best like transfer of the season uh same goes for oxygen them getting um why am i blanking his name uh gimmick, gimmick yeah getting gimmick from v1 and that boosted oxygen as well like i think that was just overall pure for both sides yeah it was a win-win for sure yeah but like v1 definitely won it more <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, they were yeah. already the better team. Yeah. That was just adding yeah. an extra. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're kind of going back to Torment a bit, look at him how he was on C9 with Squishy and Gimmick. He had to be that rock world's MVP. He, yep. he literally he literally was the, the brick wall and letting Squishy and Gimmick do everything. So he's used to that play style. That's how he wants to play. And that's what, that's I, what, I don't think on the, I don't think before beast mode, he was kind of able to do that. They kind of relied on him to get into the scoring. So having beast mode come in, he's able to go back to his normal play style and thrive. Um, so let's talk about the big one, moist furia. Where does that rank on your all time RLCS games list? We go on top, obviously top 10. We go in the top think five, top I think three, it's top, two. top, it's top, top one. It's top two. Top five. Maybe top three. I think, yeah. I think if we're talking individual games, it's got to be top, top two. I, think... I still think season five Dignitas Energy 
And then, um, I don't know if it was season seven or eight. What's the one Dignitas that went to... Or Vitality Energy. Yeah, the one where, um... Oh my god, I can't remember his damn name. Yukio scored that overtime goal. It was a, like a defensive masterclass. Do you guys remember that? Oh, that was where it was shot on shot on shot on shot after shot. Just both sides for what went on for like what six minutes, seven minutes. Yeah. It was. I think. I don't know. I like that game, but I think I don't know. I think Moist Fury has got to be in top three. I think I mean, it's just yeah. like the stakes of it. Like, yeah, you know, the the fact that they scored two goals in what like twenty seconds. Yes. To win that game. Yes. And it's in a game seven against arguably the favorite to win worlds. And it's a team coming from the Sam region that's Moist a wins minor that region. Moist wins that, they steamroll to the grand finals. Yeah. That's I agree. I think they beat BDS and they beat whoever. I think it, it changes the day. Um you know I think G two wins at that point. G two wasn't ready for BDS. They they yeah. were expecting they're expecting that Moist Furia playstyle. BDS compared to Moist Furia are totally too, like two different play styles. Yeah, so it's boring. G- G2 like, was not ready for that. They yeah, weren't. they were ready for the the flashier stuff, whereas they weren't ready for clinical textbook. We're gonna, we're just gonna perfectly, we're gonna out perfect you for five games, and you know they dropped one, but the four games they won, they're we're gonna just be more perfect than you could ever be. Um. Passed by Joyo's mom literally right after that game because I think all the moist people kind of went down to go console them. Uh, kind of, I was really happy until it cut to Vatira on the desk, and I was just like, that, that fucking sucks. I mean, and I literally, you know, as passing by Joyo's mom, I told him, I told her, like, I mean, if your kids are beat, if the kids are beating themselves up, please tell them to stop because it literally took a miracle for them to get beat if they don't get beat they're going all the way to the grand finals like it literally took a miracle game by a miracle team to beat them um, yeah, i think it was it was righteous jay he tweeted something that i really liked he's like yeah you could see the camera pan to them and even with two seconds like they looked at each other fist bumps and said like we got this like yeah. we can still do this like they definitely like they got that dog in them. it's yeah no they're they're a fun team to watch mm-hmm. um you know, I don't know if you could hear it, Jake, but the arena at the beginning of the match was moist. It was all yeah. the entire arena was moist. First two games, moist. Furia calls a timeout, wins the next two games, and then everyone realizes, oh shit, this is a game we have on our hands. So then they started cheering for Furia because of the storyline. But I mean, after the event, when everyone's talking about the the EU NA crowds, I think the EU team was the favorite at the event moist everyone wanted them to win moist and g2 so it's like Uh, the one thing i love about furia though uh what was the uh south american caster cha something with a ch was there chomko i think his name is something like that oh my gosh i I think so i I have no i have no idea i I didn't really say his name chamaco maybe yeah i think he was like that that. i can't he was uh, a he was saying something during one of the timeouts, and he's like, yeah, Fury is known to play without comms because uh, one of their players, I don't remember which one, Chimaco. blasts music. Chimaco. Yes. Yep. Uh, they just blast music, so they practice scrims where he's muted and, like, deafened in a call just blasting music. 
and they screamed during the with timeout. No comms. During what? the timeout, and dude. they they called the see? timeout. Yeah. They called the timeout so that he could change the song that he was listening to. That was set a certain playlist. That was the reason for the timeout after yeah. the two games was so he could change his music, and then they won yeah. the next two games. Yeah. What? How do you how do you play without comms? I don't understand. Yeah, Third. he just turns his music full blast. The man had Juice World on blast. So. Like personally, when I was playing at lands, like I listen to music at home when I'm playing. But when mm. you're at a land, there's so much going on that I turned off the music because it was distracting. So. Seeing that he's blasting the music and yeah. just, I don't understand. I mean, it's different from person too. to person because once you just get into a flow state, especially if you've practiced and you know your teammates well enough because they've been playing together for ages. Uh, like, I think Yan joined, like, what, like a little over a year ago, maybe? Yeah, his year was yeah. two days after. And then the other two, they've been playing for, like, since RLCS was allowed in 2017 in South America. So, like, yeah. they all know each other so well, so they just get in a flow state that allows him to... I mean, off with no comms. I still, That's I mean, crazy. the 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 utter shock that that goal went in is probably a top moment in RLCS. Like just being there for that goal was just amazing because you you could literally after everyone was screaming after the goal went like you know I, while I was I was recording because of the last 10 seconds of game 7 I thought it was going to go to overtime so I got the whole goal on camera but while I have the camera up I'm looking around and everyone's just like this literally all 13,000 people are like I cannot believe that just happened and you know like what I think that was what comp no that was you said it Jake of you know Moist look at each other and fist bump. There's two seconds left. You're probably not going to score this, but yeah. to have the mental fortitude to look at each other and be like, there's a chance. That's huge. I mean, there's teams that have broken up. Like, if there's teams that have broken up and lost their mental for yeah, dude, much there are less. teams that like lose in the uh, the lower semis of Group A and then drop a player before the tournament's even over. Completely different mentals. Are we, are we, ta are we talking about so, yes. here? So now we're done with the event overall. I think it was amazing. So let's get into that. Talk about that segue, though. Not even <laughs> 24 hours after the event, Reddles is kicked. The crazier Allegedly. thing. Allegedly. No, no, no. He's kicked. He got kicked by Arsenal. I'm going to say yeah. that right now. Something happened between Arsenal and and Reddles because the Reddit internet sleuths have realized that he is still following everybody from Space Station except for Arsenal. Well, look at he this. He thanked so, everybody except Arsenal. So it's yeah. between well, those two. Well, look at this. Yeah, so when he made his tweet about restricted FA, I think Chrome responded, or Chrome commented, and he responded, <laughs> like, thank you, coach, and all that. Like, he was nice to him. He said it wasn't the org. Nothing was part of the org. They didn't they even know. released a video. He then released a video on a recap of Worlds, and he thanked Daniel. There's so, only one said, person that was all, never he mentioned. He said all love to Daniel. And then he showed he showed a clip where Reddles hit a flip reset bump, like against V1. Like it was a huge moment. It was the the Dan land Daniel match. fist bumps Reddles, goes to fist bumps Arsenal. Arsenal's just sitting there like, no fist bombs, nothing. He didn't care. 
poor he's Daniel, just like, dude. He basically uh, that series. I feel like Arsenal just gave up. He was just like, I, I think, I think they could have won it if Arsenal was not being how he was that day. So, so I, I have a theory personally. Go ahead. Right. So everybody knows how Arsenal was like puking up blood and stuff. Like had to go to the hospital puking after each series, stuff like that. I think that even after he started feeling a little bit better, his mental was just chalked because of how just drained he had to have been from that. And then Rettles was trying to like, because he's he's their IGL, he's their in-game leader. Like regardless of if you think there's a legitimate IGL in Rocket League, there is. He's trying to bring that positivity and bring his players up, and Arsenal just wasn't having it. And I think that could have lit a little bit of a spark, because before this event, like it seemed like they were all, all great. I like think in previous lands, the energy was there. Again, it's it's all speculations. He's gonna put out a video that explains more of it. Yeah, and it may that, come that's out. That's my theory. That's it may my theory. come out this weekend. Yeah. He's gonna talk about what happened. Uh, but during the recap video, he made a comment that Arsenal asked specifically to not play. And Rettles said that that's not an option because we, we need you. And I think that could have started the unweaving and other stuff happened behind the scenes. Again, it's all speculation. Um, but... I think that is the beginning of the end, and it all happened so fast. And then, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know what happened behind. I think that starts the unraveling of them because it does. They look like they're all bros. I mean, you look up, you see Rettles and Arsenal screaming and high fiving. They're spinning Daniel around at you know events and shit. Like it's it's happy, but something was happening behind the scenes between those two and. uh Rettles is a scary player, so whatever team he goes to is going to immediately become successful. Um, I don't know if I can say the same for Arsenal and Daniel. I think Rettles was the the piece that made not made them good. They're each individually good, but having a good leader, okay. yeah, having a good leader is what's going to set the teams apart. I mean, he, he was their best performer at LAN. Yeah, yeah, easily. Well, you could tell... LJ is going to be scary, though. Yeah. LJ, LJ is a very, very scary player. I mean, you've he, played he against was, him. <laughs> since the winner split, he's been a top prospect. There was, there was actually kind of rumors before SSG got top four at the LAN. There's, there was rumors of LJ for Rettles, like, back then. But then they performed well, so they kept the roster. But there was rumors, so something... It, it's been stirring up for a bit now. Um, but... Yeah, but no, LJ, LJ, every team has been looking at him for the past probably six months now. From Oxygen, he's been really scary. He plays a big part uh, on why Oxygen does well. Um, he's kind of like that young mechanics guy. The thing is, is I don't know how it's going to work on SSG with LJ, Daniel, and Arsenal. They are all very aggressive players. They all want to be stars, right? Um I think Daniel will probably have to take that third man back a little bit. Uh, I don't know if LJ will, but um, I know one of those two will because Arsenal's that big demo guy. He's huge for his demos. Um, he's going to be up. He's and that's, be up. that's all he's – that's really what he's been doing for the past, like, two, three years now. Do you think it could be an NRG situation, like when they first brought on Squishy? Um, We'll have like to it, see because they, yeah. they have that Garrett G there for the mental, like the IGL, mm -hmm. like you were saying. I don't know who's going to be the IGL of because Arsenal's really sometimes he's there for the mental, sometimes he's not. 
it really depended on Arsenal some days for if they were going to win or not. Like during the winter major, during the spring major, the times where Arsenal wasn't hyped up, they lost. The times where he was just sitting there, he was ready, he was locked in, he was hyping up, he was streaming, they were doing well. Um, so especially with all the hate he's getting, he's not going to have a lot of the crowd now. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but yeah, depends on Reddle's recap video. I think if it's a lot of negativity towards Arsenal, it might not look good on him for next season. So I don't know how SSG is going to look. Um, on paper, they should be doing really good with LJ. But I guess this game has a lot of mental side to it. So we'll have to see. If I were Daniel, um, it's, it's very easy to say for me being almost, you know, I think I'm nine years older than him. Uh, but him realizing he's the youngest, he's going to have to take a step back and really know who's there for him. Because at 15, you know, you're already one of the best players in North America. He's moldable. He doesn't need to be molded into the wrong player for his play style. I think he really probably needs it because everyone was, when Rettles first said, oh, it was the players, and he thanked everyone but Rettles, I would have, or everyone but Daniel and Arsenal, I think some conversation happened. And, you know, Daniel's just going to go along with, you know, whoever. He's the youngest. He's the newest. He's He played very nervous at the event. Um, so I think he's just going to kind of go with what's best for himself at the time. But I think he needs to take a step back and look of, like, who's going to be in my corner? Because Daniel's got a long career. Don't ruin it by staying with someone who has a shitty mental. Who is he going to – if he turned on Rettles, if that is what the case was – and Arsenal, you know, booted Rettles for some shit that happened months ago or unwoven it. Is he going to turn on Daniel next and next season kick him? Or yeah, You never know. So I think he needs to take a step back and really know who's in his corner. But that's hard to do at 15 to have that kind of self-recognize, like, who's on my side, who's not. So Yeah, that, that's what really sucks about the Rettles situation is uh, he was like he had such a big pack, impact on Daniel because he is a great mentor to have in that space. And to not have that and to bring in another prospect that's not as experienced, per se, isn't going to have the same influence as somebody like Rettles. And then, again, it brings up, like, what Comp said, it really depends on how Arsenal acts for the upcoming season. Yep. You're the whole next season, if that is the team, Arsenal, uh, Daniel, LJ, that's going to be a very emotional-based team. They're going to have days where, you know, they could absolutely shit the bed the first regional and they'll be shit the entire split, you know. Um, but the other funny thing is that Rettles is still on a contract until 2023. So it could yeah, be he's a restricted free agent. Could be to the point where S I don't know if they will, but SSG might step in and make a swap. Or, you know, it could be flipped totally on its head or. Now that Miss is a free agent as well, a revival of the peeps, potentially. And well, because some rumors, because Mist is debating on if he can stay on Optic or not, so it might be Mist, Rettles, and possibly Gyro again coming to Optic, maybe starting their own thing. 
What are you? I'm going to hear what you can't. You, you can't say anything, can I, you? Because you have heard anything. something. You have heard something. I can't say anything. It's, it's, been... a, it's a good. It's a good roster, man. It's it's gonna be a solid one. I'm telling you right now. Justin. Nah. So. It's gonna I, be a solid one. So it's he's. He's he has no business in SSG. Oh, right. Is that what you're saying? Um, there's no, I, there's no feasible way he's staying with SSG. I don't, Doesn't I don't like think, it. I, I don't know anything about that, but I don't think that'll happen due to SSG kind of already has Chrome Daniel Arsenal already under contract. I think it'll be too much work for them. Yep. Um, they'll lose more money than they'll gain. Um, because that's fair. Those players have buyouts, and if they just cut their contract, they lose those buyouts. Especially for someone like Daniel, they want to keep someone like Daniel. Yeah, you um, want to keep him around for huge, as much as possible. <laughs> He's a big asset for them. Um, yeah. Uh, did you guys see Kago's uh, clip from his stream? Where he, where he was already... talking about... <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, massive shakeup. Uh, phase, three-man roster change with Optic, <laughs> switching two players, and just, like, literally renamed every team for NA. And there were people freaking out. Just People thinking it was real? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. that. That was... And then after the whole... Rettle situation. He had that huge stream, and Chicago was like, "Yo, G two, can you kick me, please? I gotta make this bag." Yeah. I think he had like, uh, I think he got like a thousand subs that that day. Twenty three hundred. Twenty three hundred subs. Twenty three hundred and like fifty seven hundred followers. Holy shit! I didn't. I thought it was at a thousand. Oh my god! He yeah. put a screenshot up on Twitter. Hey, like, Lama, if you're hearing this, kick me, please. Jesus. <laughs> I need to make some money. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, I think so. What do you guys think about NRG? You think that's it? I think I think it's wraps for energy at this point. Um, think, yeah. who's they, who do you think's leaving? Two people. There are obviously two people aren't leaving. I think. No, I think um, I think two people leave and they build around another player. Garrett's obviously they, staying because. Who knows? Um, I I, I mean, would think so. Because yeah, of his girlfriend. Because of his girlfriend. But uh, yeah. regardless, even if Squishy were to stay, I think Justin's leaving. His mental looked. He looked depleted the entire event. Yeah. It's, it's weird with Justin. Justin's a really good player, but I feel like ever since he got that win, um, he was that's what he wanted. He wanted that world championship win. So yeah. it, it was kind of in season X, he was like, really complaining about how there was no lands and there was lack of motivation for him due to no lands. But there was lands this year um, and there seemed to be another lack of motivation. So I don't know if it's lands or he's just tired out from the game. I think if he does end up taking a break, it will be for a split or two and he'll come back because he'll get that drive again. Because once you get that feeling, that feeling doesn't go for a while. And he's still, what, he's... I think he just turned 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got a couple. So he's still got off. time. He still got time. So I would say like it's until you hit like 23, 24 is when like your career he's in the Rocket League mm-hmm. kind of. God, it doesn't he even feel like 20. he he's been on think... the scene that long. Like he has been, but like it just doesn't seem like that. Yeah, season. Like it, it's it seems like he was just like the fresh rookie that's you know arguably player of the season back in what was it like season five you gotta think like basically yeah, two years five. basically two years of life got deleted 
in a way. Yeah. Because I even mentioned it the other day to my girlfriend that, oh, yeah, Justin and Garrett are them, or they're like 18, and then I looked them up, and they're 20, and I was like, well, when the fuck did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> I could have swore Garrett had just turned 18, like, maybe six, seven yeah, months ago. I was like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I thought I was way older than these guys. I'm 21 <laughs> right now. I thought they were still, like, yeah, like 17, 18. And then I'm like, wait, they're like a year behind me or the same age? I'm like, what the? Are you talking like, about comp? You're like 17. Yeah, dude, you're like 17. Five. You're 17 and five foot ten. Five foot. But bro, yeah, no man. Way. And I can't wait to meet comp IRL so I can dunk on him. But so yeah. what tower are you, bro? So <laughs> meet me in the post. Some roster switch-ups. Anything EU? I mean, I know that was all NA-focused. Any um, EU their Endpoint dropped their roster. Uh, Archie's uh, restricted FA. No, I think he's just an FA. I don't know if he's restricted or FA. But he was on um, loan with Endpoint, right? I know. I saw, saw today Shaw set. Shaw set. Yeah. For team. Shaw set. Shaw set. Shaw set. Shaw set. Mark is by the... eight, probably teaming with CRR and Dorito, I think I saw. Yeah, um, what's the ARG, AGR? ARG. ARG was the team that Mark by 8, Clayx, and Monkey Moon was on in Rival Series before they got picked up by BDS. Mm. And then Clayx got kicked um, for extra, and that's when they made RLCS. What was another one? I saw Violent Panda had a team. He's with Compact, and I don't know their third. I... Compact I, I've, I've played with him in six buttons. He's a pretty good player, so. Um, Spend on him. I think it's going to stay somewhat. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as the NA switch up. There's going to be a lot of stacked, like, bubble teams in Europe. Uh, yeah. A lot of these, like, teams are trying to copy, like, Moist and all that. So they're trying to build as many mechanical rosters as possible. The bubble think, scene over in EU has always been incredible, like so close. Um, I think it's good I, though, because yeah, I mean, yeah. like like we've said before, I mean, like I get why BDS is good, but um, it's just it's boring. It's boring to watch them. It really is. I, I amazing players, but to showing someone, you know. You get to hear the crowd of all the crazy mechanics and whatever. Yeah, that's cool, but, you know. I, I think it's it's like an art style almost because, like, I'm a big soccer or fo football fan, you know, whichever you call it, depending where you're watching from. Uh, as somebody who's played it their entire life and watched it their whole life, I think that teams that, like, do these incredible, like, passing systems, tiki-taka style that Barcelona revolutionized – it's it's the basics that break down teams so well and score and i can appreciate that as somebody who played in the midfield that you know passing was my thing like it's beautiful to watch like it's like poetry in motion for me but then you look at teams like psg where they have messi mbappe and neymar just doing flicks and tricks and it's like this spectacle to watch so it's different forms of art but in a game like rocket league like i want to see the flicks and tricks yeah i can no i can respect it like to be able like to yeah. you know if i it's, were to go to a player the best yeah like if i want to go to a player and be like hey you want to get better and you need to watch teams watch how bds play they don't overcommit. they know where each other are all the time they 
You know, they don't do stupid things. They just don't. And if they do do stupid things, it's for one game. Maybe two. Yeah. But those mechanical teams are... Those mechanical teams, like, say, FaZe and Moist, are the teams that take down BDS. Yeah. Because G2, again, has that team playstyle. Like, you have Atomic... Yeah, all of them. All to, Atomic, <laughs> Chicago, JNAP. So all of their moments where they're mechanically really good. But that's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, the NA playstyle in a way. Um, but... I think they're more of the most like rounded, like team rounded type of team in NA. Um, like I said, I, I feel like if Phase went up against, like if Phase BG two and played um, BDS, I think Phase would have took it just because of how mechanical they are and how fast they are. Um, yeah, I, I wanted G two to win. Like G two's the team I wanted to win, but playstyle wise, I feel like if Phase went up against BDS, if BDS was done. I think that was the only thing I didn't like about the event. Because if someone walked up to me and just looked me in the face and was like, hey, uh, the grand final is going to be G2 BDS, I'd be like, oh, fuck, thanks. Uh, I don't have to watch the event. Like, thanks for telling me. Because, like, I could, yeah. anyone could have predicted that. I loved how the event turned out. Um, but I don't know. I like, I want to see something crazy. I want to see, like, the, the club get top four or, five, you know, some crazy shit. But, yeah. you know, I thought the event was amazing. I just. So props to BDS. Uh, one final thing, you know, we ranted about the event for a while. Um, it's kind of been talked about by some of the bigger people. I know Lawler made a video on it. Uh, what's funny enough is we have actually spoken to some of the people with this team. Um, but the whole meta power situation. You, you're muted, Jake. <laughs> you fucking idiot. So, the whole meta power situation and. Again, not to throw shade at any of the other people that, you know, do things there um, because we passed by a good bit of them at the event, but they have, most of the people that I've talked to that are at that org had no idea this was going on. You know, they just do Rocket League videos. They, they do content creation. They have no idea that this was happening to the team. Um, but in case you guys didn't see, I mean, we got to tell them that, uh, meta power was apparently not paying their players. Um, we don't know the amount, we don't know whatever, but some sort of agreement was met to where they were going to get supposed to be paid and they weren't, uh, the coach player coach sub put out a twit longer a couple days before the main event saying that, you know, Hey, we haven't been paid. Uh, I think he went about it the right way. I don't know if you read his twit longer comp, but he wasn't forceful about, Hey, why the fuck are you guys aren't paying us? It's, it was like, Hey, any updates on the payment? Hey, you know, a couple weeks go by. Hey, any update? Like he wasn't very forceful about it. He wasn't immediately assuming that they were being shoved under the rug. He was more or less being like, Hey, uh, my boys are over here. Um, one of them can't play Rocket League for a week because he hasn't been paid and he doesn't have enough money to buy a court. He's got to wait until his dad uh, flies back from, I think he, one of his players is like a Belgian national or whatever. So they're in the process of moving. For, I don't know if it's for work or what, but um, he had to go over to Belgium and that then he could get his cord and play. But he missed Rocket League for like a week and a half because he didn't have enough money yeah. to buy it. So... Um, 
we know because we're all very into the esports side the not paying or the lying about paying happens all too often um i mean jake it if we were allowed to how many rosters but did we talk let, to this let me, fucking let year let me put it this way there's a reason that things below tier one esports whether it's organizations or the esport itself and i'd even say i'd say below like upper tier two teams there's a reason most of it is volunteer work and it's because that these organizations do not have the money yet to be said like they can obviously grow grow in sponsors grow in equity all that until they have the funding but most of it is sponsor work because they don't have the funds for it. And when you bring in a new region for an eSport, there are teams that want to take advantage of these new professional players. So when you look in the APAC North, South, SSA, MENA, any of those that have never been on a professional contract, they've never you know, been in a position to be receiving monetary gains for playing for organizations, they get taken advantage of. So if you are a new player, read your contract, yes. reach out to other pros. Yes. It doesn't matter what region. And I'm going to make my own post when, when this goes live because that, like I said, if we could talk about it, the amount of teams, rosters, whatever, that we're leaving orgs in the middle of whatever that... They were like, yeah, the reason why we're leaving is because we're not being paid. Please don't tell anybody because we're the only people that know. Like if we if we just started saying, oh, XYZ org, this org, that org, uh, not paying their players, everyone knows, well, the player told you. So then there could be retaliation on the player. But the amount of rosters we've talked to this year from all regions. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count on. Exactly. And it's ridiculous. I mean, and you, you know, I... It's I just, can't I can't blame these players because they don't they didn't know any better at the time. No, it's it's an opportunity. They it's yeah. you know, it's it's a new region. You're about to play in front of thousands of people for the chance yeah. to play in front of hundreds of thousands of people. You don't read you, the contract. You, you think about it like comp let me put it this way, in, in NA. All these rank B teams that, you know, they form up a squad and they're like looking for or rank B teams aren't getting paid. Rightfully so, because they're not bringing anything to the table. But they want to play under an org because it's cool. And, you know, maybe they can get a jersey or something like that. And, like, GFX for Twitter, Twitch, stuff like that. And it's cool to be a part of a team. But, like, when you actually bring value and you're playing for money and viewership that brings in sponsors for these teams and you're not getting payment, that's a whole different story. Yep. Well, and, like it's happened to me, remember? Uh, yeah. So once when I, I was on an organization called Mamba Mode Gaming uh, two years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Monkey Mode Gaming. And it wasn't even like, <clears throat> I read my contract. I had my buddies who are lawyers look over it, everything. Um, had all that done, right? Um, so I got paid the first two months. First two months, all good. They, we dropped the team. He kept me on. Uh, he also had a pro Valorant team at the time, too. Like, this Valorant team was winning like tier one events and everything like that um, that were considered in the scene. There was no VCT or anything like that at the time. So there was just like these 10K tournaments and all that. And those were your big ones. 
and they were winning them. So it was around like, um, I don't even know, like it was around December. This is like two years ago, and he totally disappeared, like off the face of the earth. Um, he owed the Valorant team like prize winnings contract. He owed them like twenty grand, um, and then he owed me like a few grand, right? Um, just totally disappeared and came back with some excuse, like tried telling us a lie to why he disappeared, but we actually, the Valorant team actually contacted his family and um, they figured out that he was just lying to us, um, just didn't have the funds, and it can happen to anyone, literally anyone. Um, well, and and that's trust. the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's very hard as a human to admit I fucked up. I fucked up. So when you have those, you know, you'll have the, a lot of them don't go into those regions with the intention of fleecing people. Some of them do. There's a couple of them that do. Like my biggest issue with the whole meta power thing is the way that Lunchbox spoke behind closed doors to his own player. Snide comments about, well, maybe I'll just get a roster that appreciates that or understands things happen. Or maybe, uh, maybe I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is a slight quote, but it was very frustrating. He said, well, we might consider your roster after this is done, but I think I want to consider APAC a wash with all of the egos and whatever. It's like, you're not paying your people. You have yeah. no right to insult me. Who's not being paid. Fuck you. That would be my response is you're not going to talk yeah. to me like that. Fucking pay me. I'm not as nice as Trill. I'm a little bit of an ass when it comes to that shit because it's infuriating the amount of rosters we've talked to. It's making my blood boil right now because I'm just thinking of all the teams that we've talked to, all the players, all the opportunities that have been ripped away from people, you know, all because some guy wants to lie. So with that being said, you know, I've had conversations with other people in the APAC region. One of them I want to point out, you might actually know, Jake, is Wolfie, Too Hot, owner of Godspeed, uh, comp, I don't know if you know them, but he's one of those uh, people, he's, it's a, it's a lower, it's a brand new organization, but they will, he, me and him talked for about 40 minutes, an hour, and he straight up told me that they don't have a lot of money, they're running out of their own pockets right now, and they tell players that, some of them in the past have played for free have offered to volunteer just for a jersey. Tell people that. I would much rather pay I would much rather play for a team that tells me up front, "Hey, we're trying to get sponsors right now. Can you are you guys willing to volunteer, willing to play? I understand it's a new region, but let's grow together." I will much rather take that than getting fucked behind my back and get money ripped away from me. Don't want to be lied to. Just tell me straight up. If you don't have the capital, it's esports. It's a new region. I understand. We're going to grow together. That's what, and that's what, so if Wolfie does watch this, shout out to Wolfie. I had a very good conversation with him. We talked for a while about APAC, SSA, all the teams, everything. So I appreciate that. I respect that a lot because it, it takes a lot as a person, as an owner, as a manager to say something like, hey, not going to lie to you. We don't have a lot of funds to be able to do the big things, but we're working on it. I, I appreciate that. So, rant over. You're muted again, dickhead. 
Every time I open a drink, I mute my mic so it doesn't hear like the crackle. So, rant uh, over. That's it. Y'all can yeah, have the rest. I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use Meta Power as the example because this is like in the into the public eye now. Everybody knows about this. If, if you are a professional player in a doesn't matter what region, but if you're in a top team in a region. That is essentially your job. Your job is to perform and play. Like that's what majority of your time is spent doing: scrimming, replay review, competing. Think like if you worked at you know Walmart, and you worked forty hours a week, and they just weren't giving you a paycheck. Fuck like, Walmart! <laughs> I'm leaving. Pay me. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's just in my eyes, it's so scummy and just you're just taking advantage. Like I feel so bad for Scooter. I don't know if we censor stuff or whatever, but that's probably the angriest I've gotten on the podcast. Most f bombs, whatever. But that shit is so infuriating to me, especially for a new region, because you know, and and I'm not gonna like you know. I don't want to get it taken as, you know, talking down to. But when you think of the Asian Pacific region, some of these countries, if that might be, that could be their only option. Yeah. Is getting paid or not. Some of these countries, some people need it. There's, there's, there's a couple players in the Sam region that they're not in good situations. And them being on those teams are able to get them out of it. Same thing with APAC. Same thing with any region. So just in general, pay your players if you're going to say you're paying your players. But especially for some of these people that are in the newer regions, some of them are not living in the best circumstances. So yeah, why are you I, fucking them over? I mean, that that's a great example. Like, uh, Richarlison is a football player in England. He's Brazilian, plays for Everton. He literally just posted out a video where he's like, yeah, this was my only option. Like, I was awful at school. I literally failed an art class that my uncle was the teacher for. Like, I, my family was dirt poor. Like, I would have been out on the streets. Like, it's the same situation for some of these players, and they're just being screwed over and over time and time again. Like, you, like, and that's what's so frustrating about Lunchbox talking to Trill the way he, the way he did. Like, yes, Trill is an American player. He plays CRL. He's he's well known, but why are you? Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a roster that understands things happen. We don't know. I don't want to talk about someone's situation, but hey, if he doesn't have enough money to buy the cord for a controller, why are you fleecing these people? Because MetaPower, if from my understanding, is based somewhere in America, so we sit here in places where, oh. It's six, seven bucks to get a fucking controller cord. But some people, that's the difference of... That six dollars could be huge. So why do we sit here and fuck people over in new regions and then want to be snide and assholes about it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you see me smiling, <laughs> someone's sending me something on Discord, so it's not about... No, you're good. Shit. No, like, I, that I gets me say, amped up, like, dude. I'm laughing... <laughs> I was like, I was talking about something pretty serious, and no. you were just over there smirking. And dude, I was like, no, no that shit gets because, me fired up, dude. No, it pisses no, the, me the off. The reason why I was smiling is because I'm, I'm streaming soon, so someone in my Discord just saying things. So I was just laughing on that. Like, well, no, the whole situation is is is. I don't want to swear. It's horrible. Um, like 
you look at it as from a player's perspective, people want to make this a dream. Like, if you're giving them this opportunity to make them believe it's a dream, and especially in a new region, like where no one knows what the pro scene is, there's no set salaries or anything like that. So if you're offering money to these players and you're sitting here not paying them, what are they going to think about how the professional scene is? What are they going to think about their next team? What about the trust issues they're going to build? It's just there's so much that goes into it, right? Especially yep. for new players that are not fam familiarized with the scene at all because it's, again, new regions. Yeah, um, and you understand it because like, you were a stop, player. Stop destroying players. Like, you, you not only... It's really gonna affect your career down the road. Like, if you're not getting paid for months on end, but you're performing well, you're gonna have an org now. You're gonna get on another org, or you're not gonna want to get on another org due to that. Because you trusted these people before, but how are you supposed to trust someone totally new? Even if they're a really good org, you saw these trust issues built. Not only that, it's going to affect how you play because it's always gonna be in the back of your mind that okay, I might not get paid. Why am I even gonna play good? Why am I gonna bring this org? This amazing attention in this new region we're giving them free views on a stream when we play in our lcs what if they don't pay us what's what, what why should we bring them positive impact if we're not gonna get if we're gonna get screwed over at the end of the day there's a lot that goes into it and it's just this game any esport is just all mental and it just screws with the mental of the players heavily and it's incredible when their only job yeah. is to play rocket league not worried about if they're gonna get paid it, you know, some places, if that's going to mean the difference of, of rent, food, being able to help their family, you know, their, their jobs to play and they should be compensated yeah. for it. That, and you know, Jake's probably going to back me up on this. That's why I want APAC. I want a team in the APAC region because we have heard so much shit about players getting fucked over. So I want Parabellum to go in as a force, as a, the the org that the they know they know how to treat their players they don't give them a team they give them a home they give them you know that stability that base that we're not just going to get you you know to the top team in apac we're going to find the foundation so that way you can you can beat the teams in eu you can beat the teams in sam like we're and we're going to do whatever we can to help you i'm not trying to give people a team i'm trying to give them a home that's what i want and i'm sure jake can back me up on that because the whole org shit that's going on in the in the new regions just pisses me off. So, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's one of the greatest things that like I feel very proud for uh, when I meet with teams and they say, and I'm using comp here as like what people say. They say, yeah, we've heard only great things about it, and it's not just like you know we're more known for our rainbow six but you know we've been in rocket league in the past and they're like yeah we've only heard great things like from our women's team they spoke very highly about us comp spoken very highly about us to other people and even that's teams where we i couldn't, feel you know yeah even that's, teams that's we where i feel with. proud like for us is that you know we've set that standard that you know we want the best for our players we want them to thrive you know it's it's a symbiotic relationship with players in an org. So, well, that's why that's why I'm back. Yeah, that's why, that's I'm why back we brought back. Yeah, we got so many compliments <laughs> about comp. We just like we had to had to get them back here. I'm super happy you're with us. You know, you're. I don't want to. I don't want to keep you from streaming. <laughs> so we're gonna cut it. 
That... Yeah, I was tired of playing Rocket League with Noobsy all the time, so we had gotta to bring someone, someone else in. Yeah, we all got to do something together. You, me, or Us three and Upton. 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 I was playing with Upton today. He was streaming and he was doing tourneys, so... We, yeah, we, we, we got to get in and do something. I think we got some yeah. fun content. But that was my rant. That whole meta power thing went a little over, but or a little long, but makes my blood boil, gets me amped up. So I'm going to go on Rocket League and lose 60 MMR and then go to bed angry. So, <laughs> But uh, so that was it. That was it for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining in, Comp. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, ShakePay. Thank our sponsors, Compete, Raven, Zowie as our partners um uh i mean we got loot bet uh just thank you all for the support uh being able to get us to do what what we need to do uh so um anything else any final closing comments i mean i'll throw your socials in yeah i have to shout out upton because he told me to or i was gonna get in trouble <laughs> so there you go upton um i know i know you Love watch these, like he said so he better actually watch <laughs> it or that was a useless shout out <laughs> um yeah we'll shout, shout out to twitter comp underscore rl uh the twitch comp rl usually most of my stuff is just comp rl so i post a lot of stupid stuff on twitter and eh, not really well sometimes sometimes but yeah okay yep, and all all of our links will be listed below we'll, we'll consider throwing it up to his list or his links if you know we're feeling feeling like it uh but yeah all right, so Thanks thank you guys me. so much for watching. Peace out. Later.